everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 52. We are not Bear Grillis. <laughs> Trust the Trail is sponsored by Blueberry Hosting. If you're looking for a cloud service to host your own podcast, look for no further than Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Dot com And just by listening to this podcast, get one free month by just typing in Trust the Trail in the promo code. We also have a link on our website on Trust the Trail website. Just look for the banner that says one free month. On this episode, we talk all about what it was like for us taking a wilderness survival class, what we learned, and how it changed how we went backpacking. We sum it up in the end answering, was the investment worth what we were taught? Yeah. We are coming to you live from our Airstream, by the way. Yes, we are. How exciting. In Milton, Georgia. So if you hear weird sounds in the background, that's chickens, roosters, goats, and probably a tractor driving around the farm. So Yeah, we had to get into a little quieter space because it was absurdly loud absolutely but you might still hear some of it how exciting so the wilderness survival class was was really super interesting we'd always wanted to take something like that and you know kind of like get closer to nature by learning what how we can use nature to you know to to spend more time outdoors you know like what like what if right yeah i mean i think we're you know scott and i are always pushing our boundaries um you know we're not really settled for you know okay we've been doing this for a while so let's push those boundaries and and it all just kind of came together for us thinking okay let's take it to the next level and really truly connect with nature in a very different way than we've ever done before yeah absolutely so we decided to take it actually it was in the it was based out of the great smoky mountains well right outside yeah the wilderness class or the survival classes uh taught out of the smoky mountains by a guy who really is kind of a badass i'm just gonna (laughs) say that right now um he actually do you have a man crush yeah absolutely <laughs> because he's the real deal um he teaches the uh he actually teaches the ranger program at the park he was a ranger at the park he does recruiting for the rangers at the park yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also sanctioned to actually go out there and practice what he teaches by living living out there for weeks on end to hunt all of the wild boar yeah. that is really rampaging through the southeast. Yeah. So um, he has a lot of experience. Uh, he's one of those guys that does live in the wooden cabin in the woods. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he is a badass. Oh, yeah, you really <laughs> definitely have a man crush. I think we both, we both did when we took the class. We were so very impressed by his skill level. And... Um, you know, everything that he taught us, not just as a, from a, a, a perspective on like, here's what you need to know in this wilderness first aid class, but it, the way in which he approached the scenarios and the situations was extremely empowering on the people taking the class. And I thought that was such a wonderful spin. So when we first got there, um, there was about 20, about 20 of us and uh, maybe 15, 20. And we're all kind of standing around, and he just said, "Hey, walk down this road. Where he, you know, just you know, just you know, listen for a minute." And he goes, "Don't introduce yourselves to each other. Don't look at each other." 
Here's a big bag. Go collect as much pine as you can, but don't talk to each other. Yeah. We're, we're like, oh my God, this is going to be a survival class. Yeah, literally, we're you know, all fighting It's like baptism by fire. We're just going to, he's just going to push right. us out there. You we're, know? All, we're all standing around and his communication was, I don't want you talking to each other. I don't want you. Right. I don't want any communication between you guys. And we're thinking, oh dear Lord. This is not going to be a fun class. We no, no, because it was hardcore. And he, but there was a method to yeah. his, as we found out later. So we spent really the first hour of the class not talking to each other and just collecting a bunch of pine in these large, large clear plastic bags. And when we were done collecting all this pine, then he gave us another clear plastic bag, right? huge. And he goes, see those cattail stalks down there? Collect as much, collect as many as you can. He was like, your your uh, he goes your, your sleep yeah sleep your, depends on yeah, it. yeah he goes if you want a good night's sleep you'll collect a lot of them and we're yeah. like ooh okay that's a hint yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how the class started and then I mean it was very basic nobody was talking to each other nobody everyone was terrified to even communicate everyone was in silence he just. He barely even spoke to us, except for like these very short commands. You're going to so, need more cattail stocks. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all like running around trying to find this and we're thinking, oh dear Lord, what did we just sign up for? Right. But, you know, from there, you know, it, it, he, you know, he progressed in the class and he progressed. And then we went through, you know, a, a we went through like this survival scenario well what he did was he got us after we were all done we walked um about a half a mile to this kind of clearing he got us all around and he said guys look you have 20 minutes to build some sort of shelter some very very bad thunderstorms are coming in he showed us a radar picture he goes i need a shelter i need some place to teach the class i need a pedestal i need water Go and he, and he goes. You got you got about twenty minutes before a massive storm. And he showed us this radar. Of course, all of our suckers. You know, we're all like, we believe it. <laughs> and it was kind of overcast, so he kind of sold it. And he, and he showed us like picture of this really large, you know, like thunderstorm coming. So man, we scurry. We are scurrying, trying to make like a half-ass shelter. We're, we're doing everything he's telling us. Yeah, to of do course. Because we're, we're all terrified. <laughs> you know, we're trying to get this water thing and blah blah blah. We're like, you know, turning into like MacGyvers, and we could do this. And we're like, we could collect the rainwater when it comes. And so all this stuff. But so his ultimate goal was to see if we partnered up as a group to to make it happen or if we all became individual yeah. in our tasks to survive on our own. Right. And so it was a very just eye-opening experience. And so he didn't want us communicating to each other prior to to learn anything about the other that would assist us in right. working together. Yep. And it was always he almost it was almost like purposeful. He wanted to divide us up front to see naturally if we would come together or if we remain divided. Yeah, and so after he told us he had lied to us, we all introduced us to each other. And by that time, we were like, oh yeah, dude, man, you did a great job at building that <laughs> that like water system, you know? It was like really cool the way that that whole thing brought us 
it really kind of brought us closer together as a group um, because by the time we finally introduced Each us, other, we kind of yeah. knew what you know, the skills, skill yeah, levels we, were with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. We just didn't know that person's name. And it, it ended up being a really very, very cool exercise. Uh, but then we kind of got into the crux of the whole, the whole class. And it really did, um, it really did open up our eyes and everything that we had seen on TV. And it was, it was such a reality check about how hard it is. Yeah, and I, I mean, it was a huge, it was not only a reality check, but it was a very, um, it was a very honest look at yourself and where you think your skill level lies versus where it in reality lies. And it was, it was very humbling. It was excruciatingly humbling on certain levels. And that really, I think, made me more hyper in tune to the fact that I need to absorb so much of what I can what I can learn in this class because what I think I know I only know at such a base level and I've never really delved so deep into it which is exactly why we had wanted to take the class in the first place yeah um, a couple of things that I learned um, you know, we're both Leave No Trace instructors, and so for we're us... We're all about Leave No Trace, Leave really No Trace. <laughs> and he was just laughing. And yeah, because he, he knew this us. about us. He did his homework on every single individual, and he did it so slyly. I had no clue in a phone conversation what he was doing. And and he so he knew this about us, and he knew we were Leave No Trace instructors, and so he kept putting us in these awkward situations to fight the urge to leave no trace. But in the end, we learned so much about, you know, if you are surviving in the wilderness, if it really is truly down, boiling down to survival versus, like, your life depends on it, you want to leave as much trace as possible. And it was such an eye-opening experience to see like the counteractiveness because everything we did in that class was the opposite, opposite of, of leave what, no trace. <laughs> what we what we teach. And that was a very unique perspective to gain on it. And that was very eye-opening for me. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you know, like uh, he would he would just like there's this one part of the class where we learn tracking. And we, we kind of look for things that are misplaced in the woods, like a broken stem or a footprint or maybe a, like a, a piece of garbage or something. And we were, he was teaching us how to track somebody that may be lost. And um, he would go to a, like a little twig and break it. And then he would look at us he would say, oh, I'm leaving a trace. He goes, is this bad? To leave? Is this bad I did this? We were being mocked. And but, so, but also being taught it's a different our inclinations, yeah, to, to, to kind of falter from that. Yeah, because when you are, when you, you know, he kind of let us know that um, when, you, when you are lost and you are literally lost and you are trying to, you know, figure out where you were and you know maybe people are out looking for you like you may you may know that then you do want to let them know where you're going so you are marking where you're going you are breaking a branch or you are leaving something behind or you are you know trying to let um you know like a search and rescue party know 
where you are because you know these guys that do search and rescue they it, they're good and that's yeah. exactly what they're looking for they're looking for where have you been and where do they think you're going and um, you know learning these basic skills it it taught it, it really gave us so much more confidence you know, to be out, to be out there, you know, but it was funny how yeah. much he would mock us about living our credits. <laughs> yeah, it, but it was he so mo- funny. He mocked others as well, um, for other things that they were, um, you know, other, th- other things that they had alluded to him in an initial quote unquote interview, which nobody knew they were going through. Um, one thing that I, you know, another one thing that I really took away from this was how, significantly long it takes to gather surviving materials you know materials you know in the wild to to survive on um and that goes from you know gathering you know just branches and the different woods and like all of the stuff and how because you don't come with or you don't go to a you know, particular campsite where it's kind of already preset for you, how everything takes so much longer and how time equals energy and how much energy you expend, which we all know this from TV and survival shows, but the energy it takes is so dramatically exhausting from from what you do on a typical backpacking trip. Well, and we learned that the little tiny Swiss Army knife that I've been carrying <laughs> for years and years and years doesn't really cut it. Literally, that's a yeah, pun, by the way. Doesn't had... really cut it when it comes down to, you know, trying to make a natural Yeah, thank shelter. God he had a box of loner knives for people yeah. that were unprepared, a.k.a. us. <laughs> so one of the things he does is that, you know, um, in the beginning of the class when we're collecting our cocktail... Uh, stuff and our pine and leaves is that he writes he makes us write down what is our goal of the class what is our personal goal why are we taking the class mm-hmm. and, and we write it down on an index card and then he 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 keeps it and he's like okay I'll reference these later and that's kind of the last you hear of what you know what as far as the index card yeah goes. this is a two and two and a half day class that's so. right it's two and a half days and so you kind of forget about that for a while, mm-hmm. but um, there is a large, he, he, he kind of made this big, big canopy in the woods with a parachute um, that we kind of all sat under um, and with a little fire going. It was really kind of cool. We all sat around the circle and he goes, okay, now I'm going to teach you the reality of the wilderness. Yeah. And he goes through this whole class about foraging and you're... The difference between your body mass, you know, how much you weigh, you know, and versus foraging and eating a worm, you know, thinking that you're putting protein in your body. And he really, really, we did the math. He does the math on this thing. And it's like, there is a specific reason why these outdoor shows and these, um, you know, these reality shows about survival, I'm not going to mention them by name, but one lasts for 21 days <laughs> and you're naked. Um, but there is a specific... Nobody knows what that one is. There is a specific reason why that show goes 21 days and it doesn't go longer. And so when you do the math and you you he teaches us how long your body can go without food, that completely makes sense. 
Well, it it's more about the, the water than the food. It was also calculation versus risk. So it's like, how much are you expending um, versus how much to get you're a worm. intaking? Exactly. Right. And so we went over just about every possible thing. Um, you know, expenditure versus intake and calorie was, intake versus it was just right. so eye opening to see, and this is all stuff you can look at online, but to see it in such a condensed reality, um, you know, as a, vi as a visual and to, to kind of logically work through this as a group. And it was just really interesting. And, you know, we, we talk about how like, oh, flint is cool, you know, fire, to, you know, flint to make fire and let's all be masculine. And yeah. I mean, I even err on the, the side of being more masculine when I'm outdoors. It's just in my nature to do so. I want to feel like a badass myself. And it was really interesting because he had a couple of people that were there kind of taking the class as well that were part of the, you know, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Um, efforts in, in trying to contain these wild boar. And even they said with all their experience, they were like, why would you use a flint when right, you right. have technology? Right. It's like the expenditure that it takes to, to try and hunt something like an animal or whatever, I'm just going to eat berries and nuts. Like that's going right. to, the, you know, it was just really, it was just really well, interesting he asked to him, see he goes, because you think he goes, you, you want to go to this masculine effort and you're like, Technology is going to help me. Well, he point blank asked these guys, he's like, how, how often do you go hunt wild boar? And they're like, almost every day. He goes, how often do you actually kill, kill wild, boar? wild boar? He goes, rarely. Rare, yeah. And so yeah. he goes, so you don't, you know, those, those shows where these these people are hunting for food. Yeah. He said, you know, that that's, it's, that's great to do, but that it just takes a lot of energy yeah. to do it. And then the fire thing, he was really kind of cool because he explained, he goes, you know, back when when we had, you know, the caveman days, you know, the best technology that they had was taking flint rock and making a spark. Right. He said then technology progressed and, you know, you were able to have a flint and, you know, you could create flint. Then the best technology. So he kept on going all the way. He goes, today's best technology is a Bic lighter. <laughs> And he goes, why would you use anything else when you have a big lighter? And and then and then when he was explaining this, he had like a big pool of water. And he asked all of us what we thought burnt the best or what the best kindling was. And he took the big lighter, he goes, okay, and matches butter and he and, he, and every time we gave him something, he threw it in the bucket of water. And he let it soak for well over an hour. Oh, yeah, for a long he time. Before it out. Yeah. And all of it was submerged. Like, yep. I mean, it wasn't like floating. It was submerged no. yep. in water for an extended period of time. And it was very eye-opening to see what actually lit, lit yep. versus what will never light. Yeah, not much. But there were a couple <laughs> things that lit um, and the big lighter lit and he got the but there was a way <laughs> to to there's a way to get a big lighter working again yeah it was really and there's cool. a trick to it and once he got the big lighter working again then he would pull other items out of the water and light it and you know i was really surprised that some of the things that you never thought would work as kindling or a fire starter work like an inner tube yeah like parts of an inner tube 
like a bicycle inner tube, never fails, light every time. Ever since and that, you can light that I've, thing with a flint. I have, yeah, and I have, I have carried inner tube around my big lighter from this day. I, every single time I go out there, cotton it's just, balls soaked in Vaseline don't work. Well, they, they do, do work once you, it, once you, yeah, yeah, once you they soak that thing, you can extent. put you can put a cotton ball soaked in Vaseline or just completely immersed in Vaseline, you can throw that in the water, pull it out an hour later, and that thing will still Yeah, light. yeah, as long as, as long as you break up the fibers and stuff, but um, very cool. So um, we also did, the, the, best, the best part of this entire, it was graduation day. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the whole point of the class is that you can learn as much as you can, right? But you have to you put have it to in put, a practical exactly. use. So once we learned how to light a fire in the rain, once we learned how to dig up wood out of the ground, and by the way, that's called fatwood, and it burns awesome. Once we learned how, in the worst, worst, worst conditions, to get a fire going, then it was time for the big test. And the big test was... You, mind you, this is winter. Yeah, okay. it's winter, by the way. It's the dead of winter in the he great doesn't teach his class in the summer. <laughs> no, it's only winter time. Dead of winter, freezing cold. Um, and you are required, um, it's, it's voluntary, but you are required to lay submerged in a creek with only your, your nose and mouth, you know, out of the water. Your head can be out of the water. My head was out of the water. Your ears could possibly be out of the water. Yeah, but that's but not about my, it. That's about that's it. About you're, it. Laying in, you're laying in that creek. You are entirely submerged in a cold creek for as long as you can maintain um, your The you goal know, is the, 25 the body minutes, width. right? The, the goal is 25 minutes max. And that's when he would pull you out non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, because you'd go into hypothermia for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And so it was really interesting. So we what we did is we split the we split the class into two. And the first group, everyone went and found their little nook in the creek and submerged, fully clothed with a survival kit you, on you. Everything that he taught you about fire, you're allowed to take in a little bag, you know just and, one little bag. One little bag. And that went in the creek with you. And but you, it was also submerged. Right. And it was submerged for however long you were submerged in there. Um, and it had to be submerged with you. You were in your boots. You were in your clothes. You were everything. And you were submerged. In it. Now, I mean, this creek must have been what? It's like 38 30 degrees. 30 degrees or something. <laughs> I mean, <it> was. <laughs> and so everyone's like hesitant. But you had a partner. You had a safety partner. And so that was why this class was split into two your safety partner were was watching you for signs of hypothermia as well as he and a safety crew were watching you as well so it was very controlled environment in in regards even though you were out in the woods but you were submerged in this and then the requirement was immediately upon being pulled out of the creek you were expected to build a fire and you would not graduate the class until you got that fire waist high. Yep. Yep. Let me tell you how hard that is to do. Well, and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's really brilliant because he does this on purpose because your, your mind is a blubbering mess when you think <laughs> you are the smartest person in that class. I mean, you're, you're thinking, oh yeah, I could... Okay, I can do this. I've this learned everything. I've learned how to light a fire. You know, I know what to do. You know, um, and you come out of that water, 
and you 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 don't even know your name. Yeah, it's pretty. It's really crazy. It's really unbelievable. You know, have you ever been in um, like grade school where they, or I mean, like even a birthday party when you were young, and they put the blindfold on you and they spin you around because you're about to hit the pinata. Yeah. It's worse than that. You are completely disoriented. You have absolutely, you know, once you're being, once you're pulled out of that water, you, your mind completely shuts down. Your body shuts down. You, but mostly your mind shuts down and you need your mind to function to be able to. Well, it's kind of, it's a perform a task. Well, it's kind of weird because that logically, logically, you know what you have to do. So it's almost like your brain is going, okay, this is what I got to do. This is what I got to do. This is what I got to do. Focus. And then, but the other part of your brain is like, I'm sleepy. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sleepy right now. And so you're like, you're, you're almost like dazed and confused because logically you're in your brain. You're going, okay, I need to find wood. But when I was, I was Ariane's safety partner and she was my safety partner. Ariane went in, uh, I, I went in first. Yes, you lasted all of 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Ariane lasted like 20 minutes. Uh, 25, the full 25, max. right. She kicked my butt. So when she came out of the water, <laughs> you know, um, she's walking around like, she's she's like passing all this great wood up and like it's all right there and she's passing all these great places and you're not allowed you're not. to talk to your safety partner you, you're you not allowed to, you can't coach you them you can't guide them in any guide way them. they have to it's, do it by themselves because the reality is is like if you may be in a survival situation you be have by to, yourself you possibly are going to likely be by yourself and you have to work through the problem to get to the point to gather everything you need to build that fire yeah and do you know how hard it is not to tell somebody <laughs> that they're passing up all this guy great stuff? Later, and, I think mm -hmm. I think on the car ride home, Scott was like, "Oh my God, you! I don't. What were you thinking? You I passed know. the best tree. It was like the best stuff." And, <laughs> and I'm like, "I didn't see it." <laughs> but that was the whole point of the class, right? And and vice versa. You know, when I got out of the water, oh, you know, he was walking in circles. I was walking in circles. You know, but at the end, um, we both got our fires going. Um, we both used flint. Yes. We both used. I was our... determined to be a badass with the flint, regardless of technology. Well, but we kind of <laughs> learned that you know if you if you work the flint right, yeah, and you have a proper um, fire starter, um, that that's really the key. You know, if you know how to use that flint, um, because we noticed that the Bic lighter, eh, it doesn't really get that flame. It doesn't, it's hard to get that flame going in the beginning, but we both went with flint, both got our fires going, both got our fires waist high. We both graduated. Um, but oh my God, it was, it was so cool. It was hard laying in that water. Um, it was cold. It was cold in. laying in that water. <laughs> water. So as we're laying in the water, right, and we're yeah. freezing, we're, we're we're laying in the water. Um, he would say, he would look at us, and he would say, "Okay, you guys, you about ready to come out?" And we'd like, "Yeah." He goes, "Now, ten more minutes." And then he took all of the cards out. He took all of the index cards that we had written our goal. And then as we're laying in the water, he would read those goals out loud. And to us, he goes, you're taking this survival class because you want to do this and blah, 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 he's blah, like, blah. you ready to get out yet? And we're like, well, hell no, not yeah, now. Yeah, and it was pretty fun. It was, and we were, it was a pretty fun, fun class for sure. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it taught us exactly what we were intrigued in and really gaining the knowledge of is, you know, taking nature and being that much more connected to it. And the more connected you are with nature, 
hands down the better I, I should see the 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 more you see out of nature as being useful it to you. It does provide everything you need. And this is exactly why we talk about trusting the trail. And this has allowed us to trust the trail in an entirely new level that we ever did before taking this class. And trusting that you just, you really, truly, nature does provide almost everything you need. And if you can use nature to your advantage, I'm going to say without trying to do the whole leave no trace, you know, without trying to leave a trace on it. If you can, if you can look at nature to help you and assist you, that gets your pack weight lower. It allows you to trust more your environment versus feeling like you need to pack for the what if. Well, and, and I, I think that's taught us so much. So yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And I would say is that there is nothing more satisfying and nothing like a big confidence builder. When you build a fire, when you are soaking wet, and it is soaking wet outside. Oh, yeah. I mean, my lips remain blue. Oh, the my God. For hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is nothing more satisfying to work through that fear and work through that mental challenge of, I am soaking wet. I'm cold. I'm about two seconds away from hypothermia. I've got to collect sticks, get my fire kit out, get my stuff out, and light a fire and get warm. And it works. And we did it. And it was such a big confidence builder. Such a big confidence builder. Well, yeah, because you got you physically and mentally are fighting the urge to give up in general. And that's, that's you know, it's any... Well, it, was, it takes away that one piece of fear that people have when exactly. they go, well, what if it starts raining and I need to catch a fire? Okay, well, now we know how to do that. So it kind of like checks that mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, we are not... Uh, anywhere near uh, ready to go out and live um, off the land. Thus, we are not bear gorillas. We are not bear gorillas. <laughs> but um, it has really. But made we us... learned we don't have to eat one worm a day to survive either. <laughs> that you know some of that show and some of the other shows are little hyped a little bit. You know, oh, which we know. But it, uh, taking this class, but there was nothing like getting our shelter when we built a natural shelter, and he taught us how to do that using two materials that I no longer put in my backpack. And we built a shelter and we got that shelter 90 degrees when it was 30 degrees outside. 90 degrees. It was so hot I had to sleep outside. Yeah, Scott was like, I'm suffocating in this. I was like a sauna. But when you do that, when you, when you, you're like, man, you know, like people are spending, you know, four or $500 on tents. And I have a piece of paint tarp from Home Depot and a dollar um, space blanket I bought at Walmart in my shelter yeah. is 90 degrees in 30 degree weather. And it takes a lot of effort to get to that point. Oh, a but lot of I'm, effort. I, I mean, we, we just did a YouTube video on that. Um, yeah, we did. We, you, can, uh, you can look at that video. Um, I did do a, a shelter build. Um, our YouTube channel is The Backpacker TV. So check that out. I just, I just uploaded it a few days ago. Yeah, so it kind of like shows you visually what um, we were able to create both, you know, like the concept of creating your own shelter. So I guess the question, you know, I mean, hands down, yes, the value 
that we received in this class certainly outweighed the cost to take it, which it wasn't cheap by any means. No, but it's so well worth it. So well worth it. And, you know, like Scott said, it, it you know, it boosts that confidence for you and, you know, it takes away that element of fear of like, what if, what, you know, what do I not know? Or, you know, fear is stimulated by the lack of knowledge and knowing what to do when something is going to go wrong. And so it, it has ultimately made us better backpackers. Absolutely. Now, knowledge is power. And when you go out in the backcountry, you know, you have that knowledge that say, you know what, if something goes wrong, I can handle it. If I get lost, I'm not going to panic. You know, and if I need to, if I need to spend the night out in the wilderness and I don't have all my stuff, I can make it. You know, um, you know, just all that basic stuff. Just one class has made us better pack, better backpackers. Yeah, and um, because you know, we wanted to share this this episode with you because you know we were this all kind of came into play because we were sh we were looking at statistics from SAR and so we was pretty eye-opening so we're going to share a few with us of these with you to close out the podcast but um it'll kind of make you question if you are prepared for the next time you go out there so enjoy these statistics um the biggest thing is day hikers are the 42 percent of search and rescue comes in with day hikers, 42%. And I would say because you, they, day hikers think they're just gonna go out there, they're just gonna spend a few hours out there. You have weather systems, you have terrain that they didn't count on, you know, cold fronts come in, you know, whatever that weather element is, people just weren't prepared, prepared for that. Because they're only anticipating being out for a few hours. Um, it's interesting because it's much like drops, Gilligan's Island. Right. You know, they were only supposed to be on a three mile or three hour tour. I think it's only six percent in general or whatever. Yeah, it's from like, like two years. boating instances or something. But um that forty-two percent of day hikers, it drops to thirteen percent of search and rescue occurs with backpackers because it all goes down to preparation and well, they have their shelter, right. Um and the biggest with um day hiking, the biggest a uh, reason for needing to be rescued is either fatigue or injury. Fatigue, dehydration, injury, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, second on the list is just insufficient information. So this is why we always talk about plan, plan and prepare. 53% um, of those being rescued are men. 53%. I, I can see that. <laughs> Two reasons. One's ego, the next is pride. <laughs> I can, I can totally see that. All right. The next stat is the largest percent. It's it's 20% of individuals rescues are in between the ages of 20 and 29. I get that. Two reasons. <laughs> ego and pride. <laughs> Among other things. We don't have the whole podcast to talk about it. Most common rescues are on the mountain. Yep. Um, 5,000 feet and give or take, uh, somewhere in between, it's like 15 to 20% are all between the mountain ranges of like 5,000 feet and give or take a few thousand feet elevation there. So again, 
most of the mountains we hike on here in the southeast that falls in the 15% of people um, being rescued off of mountains. And that's about all the stats I have time for for today. I think that's those are actually <laughs> cool stats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a quick hit. Yeah. Quick hit stat on Scott. Well, Scar. I think, you know, and you look at, I mean, you know, things happen out there. I mean, no one can predict nature, but... You know, again, it, it really changed the way we went backpacking. We definitely thought it was worth it. If you guys are interested in taking that class in the Southeast, it is bigpigoutdoors.com. That's www.bigpigoutdoors.com. And he's got a couple different classes that he uh, teaches. He He's a great guy. You'll have a great time with that class. Tell him Scott and Ariane from Atlanta. Leave no trace, people. Um, <laughs> tell him that we sent you out there. And uh, he is just a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate that. In the meantime, go ahead and check out that video on our YouTube channel. Uh, that's The Backpacker TV. And uh, go ahead and mention, post a comment on that video and say, hey, we listened to the podcast and see if that video gave you guys value. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for all the emails and all the support. If you like our podcast, go ahead and review it on iTunes. It helps spread the word. And we will see you next week. Absolutely. Can't and in, wait. In the meantime, trust the trail. As always. Bye, you guys. Bye.